Hi there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. those who are just joining us for the first time welcome and today's story is um no different from the types of stories we've been sharing but it's a little bit different because we are doing a deep dive into a topic that i think is very important you know as humans and you get to understand why i say that and um, because of just the delicacy and also the delicate nature rather and um, the importance of this topic, I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with. Uh, so if you've been an ardent listener of the show, you know him already. So anyways, um, his name is Akinola Akilawan. He's popularly referred to as AK. He's a tech, well, he describes himself as a technocrat, a critical thinker, a gaming enthusiast, a strategist, a friend with a reputation for being an architect of individual and organizational positive change. He got his bachelor's degree with honors in computer science from Cameron University here in Oklahoma, and he has served as um, a leader in various capacities while being awarded several awards um, for his visionary involvement, commitment, and academic excellence. As a matter of fact, when he came here the first time on the show, we talked about I think funding mechanism he created for international students then at um, the Cameron University in Oklahoma. He recently got his master's degree, so congrats Akinda, in Management of Information Systems, MIS, at the University of Houston. And he owns an independent IT consulting business called Digital Designs and Engineering. In his spare time, he's a teacher, a pianist, and a poet. Everyone, please join me in welcoming Akinda to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Today? I'm good. I'm good. Doing my best is all. So, so I know you just you just came in from um, the Houston traffic. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. One thing I know I miss about um, Oklahoma, and I don't miss about Lagos, Nigeria, by the way. Houston traffic. Like, it, it's bad. It's, it, it, it can get really, really bad. And that was one thing about the pandemic that, you know, was kind of like really cool. Um, the roads are like literally free, but now everyone's yeah. back outside. And yeah, Texas just keeps being Texas. Yep, yep, yep. Texas, everything is big in Texas, even the traffic. And um, well, um, you can always come back to Oklahoma. We don't have a lot of traffic here. So for those that don't know, Akin used to live here in Oklahoma, and he moved out recently to he moved away recently to go get his master's degree. So today's topic, guys, will be talking about singleness, singlehood, single life. And before I can get, you know, um, transcripted away from that, you know, lifestyle to the marital um, sphere, I think it's kind of nice to kind of capture his thoughts being a single man 
right now and i'm not particularly clear about his relationship status but for the purpose of his recording we're gonna call him single so if you're his girlfriend listening to this well he does he doesn't call himself single i called him single so he can save his purpose of the show so don't go fighting with him and <laughs> so we're just gonna talk a lot about um what he thinks as a man and some of the i guess assumptions that comes in society about females and his thoughts on marriage um christian brothers and you know emotions and all of that i just gets crossed that where, where all the wires cross so i think the first question i have for you akim will be this uh, and thank you so much by the way for coming on the show it really means a lot that you trust me not to and put you on a blast which i won't do anyway um what has your <laughs> what has your dating journey been like and um for the lack of a better descriptive um way of putting this why are you still single Okay, so thanks a lot for having me. Um, so, I, why am I still single? I'm still single because I'm still on a waiting journey um, to find that right person for me. Um, and uh, many people tend to... I, I posted something online, I think, on my WhatsApp status uh, about a day ago, and I said, it looks to me like a lot of people are more interested in being in getting married rather than being married and um it's it's something that um i think that a lot of people haven't really considered about um how serious the situation of getting married or you know being married is married to somebody who might just is is not you can't be like you doesn't have to be like you has to be a totally different person so i'm on that waiting journey um of self-discovery and then discovering other people and trying to find fish out which one would probably be the best choice for me of course with god's help um while in the process so it's just been really me waiting and seeing other things and being honest about the way I go about my decisions when it comes to picking the right person for me. So just to um, balloon out some of a particular point you had made about, you know, being versus, you know, um, getting married, uh, what would you say has shaped your thoughts about marriage and what it should be like? Well, the experiences of many of my friends, many of my friends um, are married people. And I'm just blessed to have people who are very open about their vulnerabilities around me. Um, and they've shared so many of their experiences um, with me and some of the things that I've seen from my family, from my mom's family, from my father's family, and from my friend's family um, shows how serious a uh, bad marriage or how wonderful a good marriage could be. And um, it's a thing everybody desires, that dream wedding and everyone rides on the horse into the sunset. But um, it takes a lot of work and that work requires at least some level of maturity and some level of knowledge about how to deal with situations to lead to that point. Okay. So for you, it's more like you having this, you know, um, preponderance of information about what it really takes to make a marriage work. I want to call it that fear and that, you know, knowledge is what's really restraining you in such a way that you want to make sure you do it right. So you're not just approaching this in a flippant nature, right. correct? Absolutely. Okay. Because, I mean, it's, okay. it's one decision that could alter the entire rest of your life. 
literally. And I know a lot of people, like, you know, can, you know, the voice rates have been increasing over the years. Um, but um, every single divorce changes you. Every relationship that you get into, it changes you one way or the other, good or bad. So that's something that you probably don't want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, relationships really matter. Like, that's one of the... I, I, I listen to a podcast because usually that's where I get most of my good information from. I was from, from NPR and I forget what particular podcast it was. But they did, uh, um, they did some studies way back from, I think, the 50s and they followed people through their lifetime. And one singular thing they came up with was, you know, what determines your quality of life really is your relationships. And out of those relationships, of course, you know, apart from friends and people you like you hang around with, it's also who you're married to. They can make or marry you. And, and I think most people know that on a fundamental level, but sometimes we forget and then we, we do things that belie that very principle that we understand. But what has your dating journey, journey been, been like for you? Uh, well, I've had a couple of, uh, of dates here and there. Tell us, tell us. Feel the of, I've had a couple of dates, a couple of good experience, really good experiences, and a couple, just maybe one or two not very good experiences. But then the experiences probably ended up the way they were because of where I was as an individual in my journey in life and where they were in their individual journeys in life. And at some point, maybe um, maybe for one, for lack of a better description, somebody probably wasn't just ready to do, to go the whole long route. And there are just a couple of things I also had to discover while they also had to discover for themselves. And uh, yeah. That's pretty much how it, uh, how it has been. But for right now, I'm still really single. I'm searching. I'm still searching. Okay. I'm still searching. Um, and uh, we're, we're believing God for the right person. Before I ask you what your spec will be like, let's you know dial back a little bit to what you just said about there was a time in your relationship where you felt like you weren't in the space you needed to be, and the other person probably wasn't in that space as well so it became a matter of timing and i think that's very important to note that um sometimes it might not necessarily be us it might just be the situation or the the phase we were currently in at that time or the other person is so i'm curious to know king if you're able to you know um, be that open is could you tell us of a time where you approached a relationship that you, looking back now you felt like you shouldn't have done that Specifically, a time where you grossly um, overestimated your capability to be in a relationship. Okay, thanks for that. Um, yeah, sure. I'm a really open guy. Um, I remember one of my last relationships, and this was one of those relationships. You know, everyone has that relationship that kind of like really changes your perspective about life and how you see a lot of things about people and about yourself. And this one was definitely that one for me. Um, so. There's this thing called codependency, and a lot of people are not very aware of what codependency really is and what it really means. It's kind of like when you're not really totally yourself in the sense that you have, you're not full, you're not a full person. You're not fully comfortable with who you are as a person. And then you're looking for somebody to fill that space for you. And then you find that one person who has something that you particularly want. And then you task that person 
to have those to provide you those qualities that you have to find for yourself and so the other person was also doing that in the same time so it was kind of like a relationship where so when that person didn't provide what it is that I couldn't provide myself there was always a problem and that just led to so many terrible things um, because I wasn't just a whole person and neither was she and um, it, it ended really catastrophically um, it was quite a disaster it was quite a disaster but the lesson I learned from that was it, it takes two whole people to make a relationship work like the whole cashew not half of it the whole grand nuts not half not half it's not a half plus half equals one it's a one plus one equals one so um, I've learned to be a whole person for myself all of that happiness that you're looking for in life provide it for yourself and then share that happiness with somebody else don't go looking for relationships because you're just trying to have somebody make you happy that just doesn't work anymore I agree. I mean, thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate your um, openness about, you know, at least talking about, you know, issues like codependency. And I agree to an extent. And I'll tell you where I kind of disagree with you. I agree that codependency is a big issue. And the problem, especially for us Christians, the problem becomes when we rely on one partner to meet all of our needs. And in such a way that when that person is out of the equation, we don't feel like our complete self. We, even though we need each other to, you know, grow and all that, we shouldn't, everyone, like that person shouldn't be like your source of living or your source of everything. It's almost like replacing God with that person. And so the key here is to strive for interdependent relationships, not codependent relationships. And the inter, on, in an interdependent relationship, it allows room for growth and change without feeling, you know, threatened or, you know, that feeling of your security being taken away. And where I slightly disagree with you is, and we can, you know, definitely talk more about this, will be um, that concept of two whole people. Wholeness is requ- is required in, to be in a, you know, adult safe relationship. But I think there's still, if we're all whole, we wouldn't need a savior, we wouldn't need, you know, looking for the other person. And I use myself as an example, like getting, before I got married, I thought I had everything I needed for myself. But for being this married for so long, but after after being this married for so long, I realized just how lacking I have been in certain areas. And you wouldn't know until you enter into a relationship like a marriage, or in my case, a marriage, to understand just how you really like. There's so so much room to grow. So while you there's a there's a wholeness you should bring, but I think I would take a propensity to grow over wholeness because most people might not really achieve that on their own. And I believe that your spouse should be able to bring out the best in you, God guiding them, not the, the agenda for your life. But there's something to see. There's a way, there's a grace God has given our spouses, or your spouse rather, in such a way that they can see where you need to grow. And they about the only ones that can tell you how much you, I want to say suck, and you still have to like thank them for it in a way. Because you know what they're calling out in you or it's something they see that they think you can do better. So that's why I kind of slightly disagree. <laughs> I understand that wholeness is required, but don't go pursuing that at the expense of finding somebody that you can grow together. If you ask my husband, I, I bet he's changed in certain areas because, you know, we've both informed our process. And I think as a wife, speaking as a wife, I do, um, I cover the grace God has given my husband on my life because the, he has some, there's a, there's a leadership 
additional leadership role he brings to the marriage that I'm thankful that, you know, I've, I've, I had that person, you know, um, being over me. Right. So, um, when I meant whole, I guess probably was an issue of not finding the exactly right, um, euphemism, um, to describe what I meant by whole. What I meant by whole, like there really isn't anything as a fully whole individual. Like you correctly said, if we were all fully whole, then there would be no need for Christ in the first place. What I was referring to by wholeness of character or wholeness of individuality, what I was referring to by using that as a euphemism, was the fact that, like, you are not, you are at a point where you have, you're fully mature to understand the reason why you are the way you are at that moment in time. And um, I believe that this is, that level of maturity is required because it is when you know where you are at that you would know where you can go to after then or why you got to where you were at where you were at. Because sometimes people do things and then they try to pass on the blame to other people. And that doesn't really, really work out too fine. Um, so that was kind of like, so what you were saying was actually pretty correct. But then again, like, I guess probably the expression that I used probably couldn't really justify the definition of what it is that I was actually looking at. Okay. Well, thanks for, um, thanks for explaining on that. I mean, we don't necessarily have to agree, but now that you explained your saying, it makes a lot of sense. And I do appreciate you for that. Um, so from your past relationship, what would you say are some of the issues that have put you off about some potential partners you've had in the past? What are women doing wrong in your opinion? Um, I don't think anybody's wrong, to be honest with you. I just think people are in different places. Is that like a politically correct answer? <laughs> well, it, it sounds very... Because we, ha- we can hash it out right it, now. It, I know. It does. Know. It does. PC. It sounds PC. I know it sounds very political, but hear me out. I don't think anybody per se is wrong. I just think that people... Because, I mean, you have to look at it based on context. And um, when contextuality comes into things, it gets a little bit of a gray area, right? So I think nobody's, I don't think in my situations, okay, now there are some situations that people who are listening could go through and like, no, 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 girl, you got this wrong or bros, you got this wrong. But in my situations, I think I've been blessed with, with being around good people and the reasons why mm. they ended was not because anybody was particularly wrong. I just think that um, in my relationship experience, um, the relationships that didn't work were just based on where we were as individuals and what we wanted for our future or what we desired at that moment, which of course it grows. For example, there are some specific things. I remember one time I was dating a very wonderful young lady. She's married now. And one of the problems I had was the fact that she was older than I was. And I never really, I wasn't, I hadn't really thought about it. I had never really thought about, okay, can I marry an older woman than I was, you know, an, an older woman than myself? And um, turned out that now I can. I actually can marry a woman who's older than I am. But back then, I didn't. And that kind of like dials back to what you mentioned about room for growth. So, in myself, I felt that, okay, well, I don't think I want an older woman, but now I do. 
but I ended that relationship partially because she was much older. And I hope she doesn't listen to this because she probably won't know who she who like should be able to identify. But hey, whatever. I didn't <laughs> if I were, if I were, um, I don't know how to say. It. If I wanted to counter you based on assumptions people make, people say you've gotten older, then you're desperate, no. anything goes right. <laughs> but then you're being picky. <laughs> it feels good to say that to a man because my friends hear that a lot. Right, right, right. No, I, I can imagine yeah. that. I um, imagine that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a tough one out there. Now, um, another thing I'd like to ask you would be this: culturally, men are the providers, and usually, um, now we know that, given the advancement that has been made for women, you know, thank God for that. In so many ways, sometimes I'm, even though sometimes I think like I would have loved to be a kept woman. Um, and now we're finding more women like earning more and um, assuming more wealth and all that, which you know has some of its potentials, um, good things rather. Well, given that these days more women have become as, if not even more, financially successful as their male counterparts, and in some cases even surpass them, like I said. But as you know, some men might find this as a threat. Do you think men should be intimidated by successful women and? Because I do have a lot of friends who are doing so well. Um, they have their businesses. Some of them bought their houses. They have cars. And sometimes they tell me of how, even within their families, they have their moms telling them, oh, don't do that so much. You become threatening to the men. Case in point, even me, even though I, I mean, I got married quite young in my 20s. But I remember after finishing college, my dad was supposed to get me a car because he had promised if I, you know, back the first class degree I was going to get a car well he ended up buying me a car but it was a used car and I was like um I wanted a brand new car and he said this to me like oh if I buy you a car then who's going to marry you oh wow it's going to be intimidating and he was not joking about that like he was serious about that like he didn't want me to be come off as if I had everything almost like let's create some holes in your life so that a potential man can see you and he meant well when he said that so along that line uh, for women that are you know just I mean, there's no man yet, but let me just keep living my best life. Are they doing it wrong when they keep, you know, um, assuming all of these wealth and leadership positions and, you know, places of power and authority? Okay, so that's a really wonderful question. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think women are doing anything wrong um, in trying to live their best life. They are human beings just like we are. And they are entitled to fulfilling their dreams, aspirations, as far as they might like to fulfill it. Um, now, concerning the situation about why men are intimidated by successful women, um, there are several things. And maybe I'll just maybe point out two things. The first thing is that um, men should not be intimidated by successful women at all. But the reason why many men are under that little situation is partly because of the fact that, first off, men, when, when, if you're looking for what men are looking for in relationships, one of it is respect. And the problem many men have is that they erroneously assume that when they are not on top of the woman, maybe intellectually, financially, or they do not have that total dominance over the woman she might not respect him and that is just a very crazy assumption but you know a lot of people you know are free to have their opinions um but 
men are afraid of having a woman that can stand shoulder to shoulder to him and tell him that you know because they're afraid that she might not respect him and well a lot of people unfortunately you know from experience many i have many male friends who have experienced situations with women that you know they married or they were dating that felt that they were on the same at the same level and you're like you can't talk to me you know you're not the boss of me that kind of thing and many men just don't like that the worst thing a man can ever have when he's married to a woman is to feel demasculated by her and sometimes maybe women should be maybe women should have like sister talk about this because you can't just go demasculate man because the man always has that feeling of trying to be you know the a, a person can be a man but not everybody's a husband and there is this thing about being a husband that men have that feel that they need to protect and nurture for the family and when the woman tries to superimpose that position where she's taking on his role you know it kind of causes those kind of conflicts mentally and psychologically another problem which was the second point i wanted to bring out was that you know as a result of this boys are being trained in very many ways and cultural values across especially in africa i i know i i think also in, even in asia and some other climes um they are taught that you know men are supposed to be the ones in power and women are supposed to be a man's property and i think that our societies are work especially in the west are working to improve on that um to make you know girls believe that you know you are just human beings just like us you know but uh, a lot of boys are trained to believe that a man's place is to be on top of the woman at all costs and it even goes as far as religion some religious circles actually preach that and as a result of that that's what we got you know so that's i think is probably why the situation still exists i mean thank you for that that's a very good point and in 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 reading more and also watching a lot of shows and talking to people i do agree with you that um a man's fundamental need is respect and is a way even a, a woman's fundamental need is love and um and i think the advancement of women like into spaces is meant for such a way that sometimes it's hard for um for us to still retain our feminine side i'm not trying to oversimplify these issues but that's one of the untoward effect of i guess advancing women's rights which i i do i, I like the fact that we we now have options to like if you want to be whatever you want to be you want to be but if your goal is marriage and marriage to me still it's it's probably one of those institutions that is still kind of like I want to say traditional in, in its rights. It hasn't evolved mm-hmm. a lot compared the advancements we've seen in the world. Marriage hasn't caught up with that jet speed, you know, um, of advancement. So it's still traditional in its right. Now you can have modern marriages. We're not talking about that, but like most marriages are traditional, and there's always like that hierarchy: the man on top and the woman. Below. And if you're like a boss at work, you know, like you 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 have like a masculine side to you. And then you come home, you're supposed to like shed all of that away. Sometimes it's hard for you to do that. And even before you even get married, it's hard for some women to like, you know, shed away that because 
all you've just done your life is just to hustle because your parents taught you to go to school get your degree and before you know it it's like wow i'm 35 i don't have anybody but you spend these years you know trying to like amass all of this and we don't really get told about you seeking what you want if i could go back in time i wish someone had told me for example with you know prioritizing my career over having kids i don't have any regrets in that area but i wish that I made those choices just because it was just what I wanted to do. But I didn't think I really sat down to think about the implication. You know, pharmacy school was this number of years. PhD was this number of years. Master's in medicine was this number of years. And as a woman, your biological clock is just, you know, going away. I wish I had had that frank conversation with myself as a teenager. Like, it's good to think about your career, but here's what you're going to give up. But I think a lot of us have been told lies about we can have it all. And sometimes, yes, you can have it all, but... Not everything, you can't have everything all, you know. So and I don't know if that makes sense, but I do agree with you that um if you if you, if your goal is to marry, then you have to know what it takes to be desired by somebody. And if you're if you're trying to attract a man, find out what means what it means for a man to see you and notice you. And um but that said, many good people, many good girls, fall prey to, they fall prey to bad guys who just want to catch fun and while away time. Why do you think, you know, guys behave this way? And this cliche, I'm going to just ask you right away. Where are all the good guys, Akin? And I'm asking for a lot of people. <sighs> where are all the good guys? There are good guys everywhere, but not every good guy is for everybody. And, and not everybody is for the good guy. So, you know... I, you know, I was talking to somebody about this and and I said, I'm becoming more and more convinced that when it comes to picking a partner, it's kind of like, choose your battle. The guy is very sensitive. He loves me as a one boy's two thoughts. The guy is six feet, fully muscular and athletic, but he beats me. The guy is six feet, fully functional. He is very, very loving and everything he has not yet um given his life to christ everybody gets i feel honestly i'm getting more and more convinced now i'm not fully convinced i gotta tell you i'm getting more convinced that you're gonna pick your battles in my situation for example okay the girl is wonderful she makes much she does well for herself because i'm not afraid of a woman who makes even more money than i am that's okay you know um, as long as you don't make me feel like I'm worthless to you, that's okay. Because some girls actually do that. They kind of like rub it in your face and you're like, I make more money than you. Cool story, bro. What do you have to offer me? And, you know, I just think that's just unnecessary. But, um, you know, the woman makes it good for herself, very homely, but she's not, I'm not physically attracted to her. The one that you are physically attracted to her, is still in the place where, oh my God, boys must worship me. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, or maybe somebody might just not be on the same spiritual, uh, at the same spiritual level or doesn't have the same, share the same level of faith with you. Those kind of situations are things that you're just going to have to pick and choose. Which one do you want to deal with? Which one do you want to tolerate through? And stuff like that. Um, now, now, you're very free to disagree with me on this one, though. But I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening to this probably can get exactly what it is that I'm talking about. So where are all the good men? Um, I think they're everywhere. I think they're everywhere. 
religious I mean they say that it is the men that must go and find the women I am not sure about that one I think women too can position themselves in places that allow men to fight them a man that's somebody I feel that women can also do that but I think you know believing God for a spouse is something that comes from the desire to have a spouse and I hopefully that desire is from a good place and I believe that God always has a way of making the right people meet. Just that you are going to pick your struggle when you are doing that So let me just clarify something quickly about picking one's battles. Um, would you is that coming from you thinking or maybe let me just be clear about it is it like women are you think they're selective or they're too picky is that what you mean by picking your battles well are women too picky I think everybody has the opportunity to be picky or not um, I don't think all women are picky I think some people are picky I know I'm quite a picky guy I know I am quite a picky guy and I think my own justification for that is is that I believe that for the kind of person that I have become or I've developed myself to become not just anybody would do and I am willing to wait to get what it is that I feel is comfortable for me but to say that other people or everybody else is picky for that no I don't think so but people have a right to choose what it is that they feel works for you okay. it's better than just choosing randomly and ending up in with premium okay. tears right Fair enough. Um, so, still talking about good guys. Um, I've had this problem come up a lot with my friends, and we, we've cried together. We've you know shouted and screamed towards the heavens together. Is when, and I know women do this as well, but let's focus on men now because you you are representing them. Sorry to say that you're representing the men on the show. But <laughs> you're a man on the show, so I'm going to ask you this. Uh-huh. What's this thing with ghosting ladies, especially when you lead them on to believe there's something? I mean, there's something there. You, you guys were talking. All of a sudden, you just ghost them, or the ones that, the ones that would, you know, um, you're dating them, and then before you know it, they're about to get married to somebody else. Like, why, why do they do this? What do you think is happening in these situations like this? Um, I think that you know, um, I, I, okay, so I don't do that. I don't do that. So I can only like um, try to make an educated guess. So that's my little disclaimer. Um, why do men do that? Well, first off, like I said, men have their own foundational beliefs about women and how women are. Some men believe that women are also making decisions on cheating on them and they're trying to win in this so-called love game. And so they kind of like play that little chess match or that little game of thrones on picking, making sure that they don't lose out in the relationship. That's for some kind of people. Some kind of people um, like to have several options. Um, And then, you know, maybe they don't manage those options properly. And this is where my problem is with those kind of people. Many of them um, tend to do things dishonestly. And remember in my introduction, I mentioned something about being honest about my dealings with women. If I'm, let's say I'm talking to somebody and I've made the decision because men make decisions and they make them pretty quick. Sometimes they don't, 
but they make decisions pretty quick if they know that you are this relationship is not going to go and you know deep down in your heart please find a way to let the sister know you know and sometimes you know the ghosting thing is one way that maybe guys who do not know how to communicate that we are not escalating beyond the relationship um feel that it's an easy way to let the girl down gently so that she can go away because yeah they don't know how to communicate the fact that hey baby girl i know we've been talking for a while but unfortunately we cannot proceed further with this application good luck on your further endeavors right um some men don't know how to communicate that so they just end up vanishing and disappearing and those ones that probably have maybe more than one option you know can then shift to the next best option and many guys believe that girls do the same thing many guys believe that girls do the same thing um so there's that um then there are just those that honestly are like we mentioned earlier they are not fully in they're not fully they're not whole people you know they're looking for somebody to fill a blank spot and so one person feels the sexual need this one feels the wife duties need this one helps him cooks and cleans this one helps him do that and then when that person has a problem with it or is looking for exclusivity he just drops that one off and then moves on to the next best option so those are i think three cases that could be considered considering that situation hmm. well um i think ghosting ha- definitely happens both ways because you know i've had friends who tell me when well, i just stopped talking to that guy and like but you guys were things ghosting happens in, in you know in both ways just to be very clear about that and then um I think the the last bit that he had talked about um, men, you know, having like multiple options. I think it's just basic economic principles. There's <laughs> a lot of demand and supply, and <laughs> the fact that I know, uh, you know, women we complain about men a lot. We've made things a lot easier. I think, and I don't want to sound like you know what. I'm not gonna sound like um like a purist or things, but I think that um there's so much power we have as women, but a lot of us don't don't seem to remember that i would want to just go with what everybody else is doing you know giving things away so easily giving your trust away giving your space away giving your femininity away femininity away rather and and if it's a dime but doesn't a real man will want to value you above and beyond that so um i guess the key point here is while you're trying to you know f- like get married and all that keep finding ways to add more value to yourself and don't cave to peer pressure don't do things that you're not comfortable doing just because you want to please somebody who doesn't have a time or day for you if they are stringing you along then you don't want to be with that person anyways you know don't say out of desperation you you, you know you lose yourself you lose your morals and we pray that you make the right decisions um, we're kind of winding down here but i had two questions for you one would be what life lessons have you learned from being single i know you talked about you know wholeness you talked about making sure that you're doing it right before you enter into marriage because it's very, very important, you know, to you to do it right. So, but I'm curious, you know, what life lessons have you learned for being single? Well, um, the one life lesson I've learned from being single is honesty. Believe it or not, it's honesty. Honesty and trust are the hallmarks 
of a seasoned individual. And if you are somebody who does not, who is not trustworthy or is not honest about your dealings, you probably want to fix that first before you go into a relationship. Because, um, and my, my, my experience about being, you know, um, being single is about my dealings with other people and how these relationships have affected me have taught me day to day about the importance of being open, being vulnerable, and being honest about my dealings. Because I realized that everybody's looking for somebody to depend on. But can they depend on you too? You know, it's also a very important question that a lot of people need to ask themselves. It's not just one thing for you to always look for the dependent person. You know, you have to be somebody that somebody else can depend on. And that involves a level of maturity. That involves a level of growth. That involves a level of involvement that will help you and the other person grow. Life is not only just about you. Life is also about other people. God came to the world, yes, to save us. But he saved us because we are just as important as everybody else. And the moment you start to see that you can love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, then that allows you to become, you know, um, a better candidate, in my opinion, for what um, the rigors of marriage would probably entail down the years. Okay. Honestly and truth, those are key points. And whether we get married or not, I think those are two things we also need to invite, tricks need to invite, to navigate the world peacefully, like you, all, all of your dealings, you know, stay honest and you know, tell the truth. Um, I have amazing friends who are still single, and I know a vast number of them desire marriage, and they are inching, you know, towards you know their forties or even late thirties now. And there's always that looming fear of, you know, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen? There's something you mentioned earlier on about. It's not just you know having being found by a man, but strategically, st- sorry, strategically placing yourself in a place where putting yourself in a position where a man can find you. For you know this category of friends that I just talked about, would you have some tips you'd like to provide to them as far as you know being more visible in you know, such a way that they can attract the kind of men that? They well, want? Um, it depends. First off, they have to have an idea of what kind of man that they want. If you want a man who, you know, uh, well, I know everyone's going to say, okay, church, 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 but then so many brothers in church are not, you know, as what they seem to be or what, you know, what they say they are. Yes, that is very, very true. But the truth of the matter is that if you stand in the street and you close your eyes because you don't want to see bad things, good things will pass you by and you will not see them too. That is the truth. So, we're going to go back to the drawing board. If some people just need to start going out a little bit more. And this is something that I even had to tell myself. People are not just going to come and knock your door. Go, 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 go. Hi, I just want to marry you. Even if somebody did that, you'll probably be very scared. So, you're going to have to find friends and build relationships with people. Many girls just feel that they can just live their lives and they don't want to go and explore. They don't want to do anything new. They don't want to build I love what T.D. Jake said once. He said, you want to know what makes you interesting? 
the fact that you have interests. If you, it's your interests that make you interesting. Mm-hmm. When you have interests, then you become interesting. Maybe I'm sorry. Many girls are not interesting because they don't have interest. They just wonder. They just want to pray and fast all day long. Cool story, man. You can keep doing that. That's okay. But you will find out that these so-called bad girls, they're not that. It's not about the fact that they are bad girls. It's that when they moved out a lot, they gained experiences that make them interesting. So if there's any girl out there that doesn't go out and all that she does is go to school, go home and go to church, man, you need to find another location to go to. Even if it is church, find a life group or something. Get some, get yourself, you know, learn something new. Try something different with other people. Not everybody is your next door witch or your next door wizard. There are things out there and you can explore. In fact, you'll find out that the more you explore, you begin to realize that maybe sometimes I've seen people, I know girls that it was when they began to explore, they realized that they were not even ready for marriage in the first place. They just suddenly realized it, that, you know, honestly, there is actually more in this life that I would like to explore as a single person before I get married. So it's not, you know, culture has, African culture, I'm sorry to say, has stymied the world in a very weird algorithm. Okay, you, you go to primary school, you go to secondary school, you go to university, you graduate from university, then you go and find a husband, then you go and give birth to babies, then you grow old, then you retire, and then you die. Like, come on, there's got to be more to life than that. <laughs> what saying can't, we can't find more in those processes? Exactly. No, we can't. We can't like throw Africa under the bus. Like, no, no, we can't throw Africa. I'm saying we cannot throw Africa under the bus. There could be more found there. That might work for some people. But I think the class of people we're talking about now is those that have held themselves back yeah. because marriage isn't happening for them, right? right? Because even those bad girls you talked about at the end of the day a man who's still not some men might not even want to marry those bad girls they might play around with them but then it's opposite totally opposite so these are like general statements but i think at the core of it is whoever is into this part you know you know the kind, kind of people we're talking to if you're listening to this and it, it kind of struck a chord in you because you felt like you held yourself back perhaps maybe due to societal shames of not being married at a particular age you're not living your best life. And what do I mean by your best life? I'm not saying that, well, I'm single by choice, you know, I don't need any man. Not that, not, I'm not trying to talk about that. I'm trying to talk about those that kept postponing. I should go on this trip, but I can't go. I want to go with my husband. Like, you've held yourself back in so many ways. You haven't you haven't lived to your own potential. Because whether you're married or not, you have a purpose for your life. You know, above and beyond your husband. Let me just let you know that. So find out what you're supposed to do and start doing them. Probably you know that. Start doing them. This is this is us saying, give yourself permission to develop and cultivate your interests because you never know what's going to come out of that. That is perfectly correct. And don't let society like make you feel like you're incomplete. And I, I talk about completeness a lot. As someone who's been married, even though I'm married for 10 years, you're probably, you're, most of you know already that you know it's hard for us to have kids. And there, was, there were times where I... I wouldn't want to do stuff because I didn't want to draw attention to myself. And the devil, of course, played that, you know, played a whole, you know, symphony out of that. And it's a very dangerous place to be in where you, you anchor your, your, the value of your life to things that are not working for you. It's super dangerous because we don't know why some things, some of these things happen, but I, we should, I refuse to let my life, you know, 
be held back because of something that's not going according to what I think. And what do I even think is best for my life? Do I know better than God? You know, so here's just an encouragement. Please don't be held back. Get out of that closet of shame and go seek, you know, um, fulfillment and enrich, enrich, enrichment for your life. You deserve that. Right. And, and make sure it's wholesome, okay? We're not saying you should go out there and start doing crazy stuff. <laughs> don't say I cause more set, so. <laughs> well, you know, to, be guided, you know, to add to what you said, you know, about living your best life, there are also a couple of, um, of people that teach the fact that, you know, you can only live your best life in church. And um, there are very many girls who have fallen prey um, to such um, ideas. Um, now, we're not saying that Jesus does not have anything to offer you and that the church doesn't have anything to offer you. But there is, there is more to life. life. Life continues even after you marry. And I know I'm not married for me to say this, but life continues after you marry. That purpose that you were... Everybody was brought here for a reason. And... Yes, there are people that the marriage can accelerate that purpose to fruition. But marriage should. It should accelerate it should, that. It should, yeah. yeah, exactly. It should accelerate it. But it's not the alpha and omega of everything. After you marry, you are still going to have to live your life. And this time, you're just going to have to also manage somebody while you're at it. So it will be to your own best benefit for you to start pursuing purpose now. And sometimes that purpose may not involve church. It may involve things surrounding church or things surrounding. Go ahead and be you. Do the best things that you want. And as you are praying and believing God for a spouse, it might, it might be in the middle of all of that. Usually it's even in the middle of all of that that you do. That's one category of people. There's another category of people that um, I know one in particular where um, they, on the other hand, are a little bit too picky um, in the sense that, okay, they're like, okay, this one is not, this one is not, this one is not, this one is not. There's this adage I heard from somewhere. It says, um, when you're trying to make a fire and you look at this firewood, it's not brown enough. You look at this firewood, it's too black. You look at this firewood, it's too short. You look at this firewood, it's too long. You look at this firewood, it's too thin. You will end up not making soup that evening. Um, sometimes we, we have to let go of some of, pick the things that are most important um, in life. And these are, you know, you, you know the foundation. Uh, for me, who's a Christian, for example, you know, Christian values is a big thing. I don't want to date somebody or don't want to marry somebody that we have very separate Christian values. Even though we are both Christian, we have yeah. to have similar Christian values. You know, those are the things that are important to me. Yeah, for me, yes, of course, attraction is one thing. I have to feel attracted to you as a man. I think I should feel attracted to you because, of course, you'd want me to think the world of you. And I would like to think the world of you. So you have to be attracted, you know, and of course, that's going to be based on me. But but these are the things that you also have to consider. Sometimes you're just going to have to calm down and realize that there is more to life you know, than just some of the ideas that we've been growing up with or that we've learned over time. Ah, good point. Thank you so much for, you know, um, those reminders. And I think those are all of my questions. I was going to ask you what qualities you look out for in, in an ideal woman, but you've mentioned it. Um, and I think for most of us women, we start out with this fairy tale idea of, you know, it has to be tall, dark, and handsome. And there's nothing really wrong with those ones. 
But as you grow older, you realize that, okay, I mean, those are good, but let me reduce this list and start with values, you know, purpose, driven, you know, things that are equally as important, but they bear more weight as far as level of importance. So, I, I, I mean, and also ask yourself, what are you bringing into this relationship? Um, a man, I feel like men are harshly judged by, you know, very, the things that I think sometimes might not be fair to start start out with. Maybe someone in their 30s, you're already expecting them to have, like, you know, a six-figure salary. People, most men, most men are average in the sense that they don't get that immediately. You can both build the world together. But I feel like women, if we're to be judged by that same yardstick, many of us will meet up to it. Not like finances, but if it, when it comes down to the grain, to the nitty-gritty, most women are judged by their looks and, you know, your ability to take care of a home. It's, it's a sad reality, but that's just really what it is. But above, above, above and beyond these generalizations, whether you're a man or a woman, always ask yourself, what are you bringing? Are you, you, you have your value list, but are you also, you know, contrib- are you adding value to yourself? So that your your man of your dreams or woman of your dreams, you know, can also see that value in you. So yeah, and with this, I just want to say, Aki, thank you so much for um, coming on the show today and sharing all of this. And, and oh, thank you. I just want to say thank you. This was fun. Well, I hope everyone um, <laughs> gets to listen to this. You know, gets to um, find something that you know speak to them as well. And you know, you brought up a couple of really yeah. excellent points, and I'm very glad to have these kind of conversations from time to time. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Well, that was it. Don't forget to check out other episodes. And I remain your host, Mostable. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mostable Podcast. Well, guess what? There's plenty more where that came from. So visit our website at www.mosibyl.com. That is www.mostable.com where you can find hours of other binge-worthy episodes just like this one. And while you're at it, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Podbean as it encourages other awesome people like you to listen to the podcast as well. We are now officially on Podbean. It has an app. You can catch up on missed episodes and also get a notification when we have new episodes. Do you have a question for our guest, feedback on the episode, or a suggestion for a future guest? Then please get in touch with us by sending us an email at talktomo at mostable.com or connect with us via Instagram at the Morosible Podcast. Cannot wait to hear from you and thank you so much for always listening. Thank you.